The reason I wanted to do this, yeah, because I, I was listening to you like three weeks ago on the Bull Eagles podcast, yeah, and my uh, my father said we had the mutual connection. I was like, oh, if I can get this done, I would love to do it. And uh, I, I know you're like affiliated heavily with a uh, uh, media with uh, Goodfellas and Casino because you wrote them. But today I wanted to focus on the your project when you were affiliated. Uh, one people don't really talk about media with you uh, when you were uh, as being the assistant production analyst for American American Gangster. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you want to talk about American yeah. Gangster? Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, I'm a nonfiction writer, yeah. so I never make anything up. I just do, and. Uh, uh, a narcotics agent, very nice guy from the Southern District, the United States Attorney's Office, said, you know, there's a phenomenal guy by the name of Frank Lucas who might make a great story. I said, good, what, where is he? He's in prison. So I had to make an arrangement to go and interview Frank Lucas in prison. And I did. I had all, I, I was fascinated by him because he told a story of how he came, he became, the largest heroin importer for a certain period of time during the Vietnam War. And he did it by, instead of waiting to buy the drugs from Pleasant Avenue, from Ernie Boy Abamonte and the Italians, he said, what do I have to give it to the Italians for? He got on a plane and went to Vietnam, went to Thailand, found out where they were making the poppy and bought all the drugs. He went up there and he said it was like a mountaintop and it was protected by guards and all of these uh, uh, Vietnamese and, um, and Thais were up there growing poppies and protected by the CIA. These are heroin farms in Thailand and in Vietnam being protected by the CIA and he bought it all, paid the money and then he had to get it back to the country. And he figured out the way to get it back to the country was by putting it in the body bags of the dead American soldiers who were being shipped back to the United States. And the only reason he could do that, he said, was that he was black. And the men who loaded all the bodies into all the body bags were also African Americans. He said, you didn't have anybody from Harvard loading a body into a body bag. They were all African-American. And so through sergeants and people, he got to know them, and he was able to bribe some of them to do it for him. And that's the way he started bringing in tons of heroin. It was so good. The quality was so good. It was called Blue Magic. And it was the biggest thing on the street. When, when it would come out, there would be crowds on the streets buying it. And he became Frank Lucas. And, that, and I thought that was a great, fascinating story. He told me the whole story, and uh, I wrote it up, and uh, I went with him to see Brian Grazer, who's the producer, and we got on a plane and went, and he was a very powerful man, so when he walked in the room, Brian Grazer and all those movie people, they never met a real gangster or anything like that. And they look at him and they go, oh, this is the real thing. I mean, he threw people off rooftops. And, 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 um, and so they made the movie with him. And that's what happened. Uh, the, I was working on a movie with Scorsese at the time, which never got made. I think it was Dean Martin. And uh, therefore, I'm working with Marty, so I'm not going to write it. So we got Steve Zalian, who's a brilliant writer. He just wrote The Irishman. He got an Oscar for Schindler's List. And he's a friend. 
And so uh, I spent a few months working with Frank Lucas and Zalian, getting them together, explaining the story to Zalian, and then Zalian went off and wrote the script. And they made me, or I was the executive producer. And that's, that's the role I took. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, had a, I had a line of some other questions. It's more like pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was, last winter I read, well, I didn't really read his audiobook, both Wise Guys and The Godfather. And in my own analysis, uh, like re- finishing both of them in the same month period, I feel yours holds up much more better contemporarily than uh, uh, The Godfather does word wise. Can you elaborate and explain on your perspective why I think so? Well, I prefer The Godfather. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think The Godfather's the book just. But it's Godfather 2. Well, I'm talking about I books. love Godfather 2. Okay. And, um, I mean, then Godfather 1. I, like, I reverse them. Uh, but, uh, but The Godfather's an opera. Yes. You know, Mario made it up. He, he read all this material from the McClellan Committee. Yeah. And he, his imagination was so rich. I, when you do what I do, you're compelled to follow the real story. And sometimes... The real story isn't as dramatic or even as interesting as the fictional story can be. I mean, I don't have Fredo. Yeah. There's no Fredo. You can't, you know, and that, the betrayal of the brother and keep him alive until mama's dead. I mean, you can't make that up. You know, Mario Puzo could make it up. I could never make it up. So I'm, I'm stuck with the real story. Yes. I didn't mean to offend by saying I, no, I, I, was like, I was on Reddit and a lot of people on Reddit were making the argument that uh, Wise Guys, your novel, a contemporary 21st oh, century. It's a, it's a non-fiction book. I yeah. read it all the time. They say what, the novel Wise Guys. It's not a wise not, yeah. not a novel. It's a non-fiction book. Well, I'm just basing it with the critics on Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know. I know. They uh, say it all the time. And, uh, I was also, uh, uh, um, you said in the email um, to my father that you wanted to discuss your new project with Martin Scorsese, the upcoming one. The uh, Irish one. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, can you elaborate on your involvement with that? Uh, yeah, what happened was that, again, it was Steve Zalian. Yeah. Uh, uh, the book came out about 15 years ago, and I, I didn't particularly, you know, I wasn't that excited about the book. But Bob, De Niro wanted to do the movie. He wanted that part. And uh, so they, they, they couldn't get it made. It was difficult to get made because it was a big movie. It would cost a lot of money. And the studios... It could cost $120 million, $100 million. They were afraid they wouldn't get it back. They wouldn't have that audience. Not that it wouldn't be a great movie, but you wouldn't, you know, you got to get a lot of people to come with $15 tickets to get back $110, $120 million. Uh, and the studios just didn't think that would happen. So years went on. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, Netflix came along. And Netflix is... You know, they don't have to sell tickets. They have subscriptions. They got what, 18 million subscriptions. And so uh, they put the money up to make it. And by then, they already had a script that was written by Steve Zalian. Terrific script. Mm-hmm. And, but now they started to shoot the movie. And the dialogue was, it, it, it was from this Irishman's book. And it wasn't the way those guys were. So Marty and, and uh, so um, they had a terrific script, but what they wanted was, I guess you'd call it more authentic dialogue. So I spent the year when they were shooting the movie working with Marty on the dialogue. So every day, what they were gonna shoot that day, 
they would sh give me and they would I would then rewrite it into the dialogue that Joe Pesci, De Niro, uh, and Al Pacino would use and Ma that Marty wanted. Marty would say, no, no, we needed a little more here. We needed and so I would just finesse the dialogue. But the structure, the screenplay, is the one Steve Zalian did. You know, a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to offend it, but this is a common complaint, a complaint of criticism on Reddit. I think a trailer looks fantastic. What did you think? I don't think this, but this is a common criticism people on Reddit. Oh, what, the Irishman? Yes. I think the trailer looks fantastic, but a lot of people are uh, saying it's uh, would it live up to the other classes around. People are projecting on the internet it's going to be another uh, John Travolta's Gotti. Oh, my God. I hope not. I'm not saying cinematic. No, no. But, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I think it's it's a, it's going to be an interesting yeah, because, see yeah. what they do with it. I mean, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I didn't mean to offend you, but that's a real thing no, on no, the internet. No, yeah, yeah. But that's out on the internet. Yes. That they think it's going to be that bad. Yeah, that's a hypothesis many people have. I'm not making that up. No, no, no. That's, yeah. Yeah. And you're out there, you're picking all this stuff up. Yeah. You get this information. Yeah. Uh, what do they think? What? Why do they think? What because is, the production took so long and the delay of uh, release for two to three years. So they're projecting, like, is it going to live up to the standards? Of what and the the, the media uh, um, kind of didn't um, didn't record or uh, uh, promote it as much as other companies do with their major productions. Yeah. See, I think part of that problem is that this is the biggest movie that Netflix has ever made, mm -hmm. and Netflix is not in the motion picture business. Really. Yeah. They're in the series business. They make series. They'll make the pilot, and then they'll six episodes. This is the first time they came up with the money because they wanted a Martin Scorsese movie with Bob De Niro and Joe Pesci. And they came up, I think it's like 140 or $150 million to make this movie. And they made it because they know it will bring subscriptions yes. in. That's the only reason. You know, I was thinking about you talking about major directors who went to Netflix. For instance, I think the masterpiece Sasha Marron Cohen did recently with the Spy series is great. And uh, the Coen Brothers, the their newer one, I'm title I'm forgetting. Coen does it. They've done stuff. Like yeah, that twice. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, well, great Netflix is the yeah, studio. Yeah, it's, it's the studio. And um, I had a few other things I wanted to get. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, with uh, one of your uh, um, when you were uh, back to American Gangster, I'm gonna like cut back it up. Well, I was gonna do, uh, it's out of order. My questions. It's I did um. When you were working with American Gangsters, um, production-wise, yeah. did you find a different process working with Ridley Scott than working with Scorsese? Well, I, I'm, I've known Marty 40 yes. years. So, and I know his family, he knows my family. It's a different relationship. It's, uh, yeah. you know, we're both, I'm first generation Italian, he's second generation, but he could be first generation. So, uh, there was a bond yes. that I had with Marty that I never had with Ridley. Ridley's in Australia, for God's sake. He's got an Australian accent. He's, yeah. And, uh, and so if we, I never had that kind of bond with okay. Ridley. Uh, and then the, last, the last question I have on this uh, thing. Well, I like him. By the way, he's uh, yeah. a brilliant Ma director. Amazing. Uh, his science, uh, science fiction series are amazing. Yeah. When it comes to uh, your literary work, so like, uh, do you, I know you're, uh, you consider yourself nonfiction. Yeah, totally. uh, but do you think your novels, um, like uh, I, I know, I really didn't say that, but like your classifications of books, do, when you translate, when you're writing news articles, there's like a separation. No, that one led to the other. Okay, I started as a police reporter uh -huh. in 1953. I started as a kid, as mm -hmm. a copy boy. 1956, 
they made me a police reporter. Mm -hmm. That's a long time ago. And uh, I, that meant when you were a police reporter back then, it meant you hung around with cops uh -huh. and you hung around on the streets. And uh, being who I was and being Italian and coming from Bensonhurst, I knew a lot of wise guys. And this is before wise guys were important. Nobody paid attention. Yeah. He said, who, who, who knew where they were? The FBI wouldn't even admit that the mafia existed. So I was able to move with great freedom and develop areas of trust. And I did that as a police reporter for the Associated Press for 16 years. Yeah. Then I began doing journalism because the, they, an article in the Associated Press is not that long. You know, you got to get yeah. it in. Uh, but a lot of these stories were bigger than that. So I started doing magazine pieces. So you go from like 800 words or 1,300 words to 4,000 words, 5,000. You can get more into the story. And so those magazine pieces I started doing from 19, oh, early 60s, I did those until I finally realized that the magazines weren't big enough. I needed to go to a book length. And I had Henry Hill. And so I decided to do Wise Guy. And I put it all, while I was still at the AP, still at New York Magazine. So I wrote uh, Wise Guy at night. Yeah. And then that, so then Marty read it, and then Erwin Winkler, the producer, and they said, let's make it a movie. And Marty said, let's do it together. And, and so we wrote it together. It was the first time I ever wrote a movie. Yeah. What, well, so my last question I was planned, like I have on my segue, like this is my last question. It's like when you were writing um, the transition from Wise Guys to Goodfellas, did you find there was a blockage from taking script, like um, uh, well, like uh, literary to uh, film script? No. I mean, when I, by the time I wrote the Wise Guy movie, yeah. uh, Marty and I, that was done. We yeah. had it. But then Marty made a movie before he made Wise Guy. It might have been The Last Temptation. I think it was. And therefore, I was a year, a year and a half away from the Wise Guy script. And while he was making The Last Temptation, I started to write the book, Casino. That's what happened there. Yeah. And so uh, now we're talking almost two years after I had, we had finished the, the script from Wise Guy, I now began working on Casino. I told Marty about it. He says, let's do that next. So there was quite a stretch of time between the two things. Again, I didn't have any problem. Okay. Because, like, I was thinking about when you like when you look at a book to like take out the lines and to like dialogue because a screenplay's all a dialogue. There's two things that happen here. Okay. And, and they're both typical of New York of a wise guy and casino. Casino. The voiceover. Oh yeah. It's very, very important. Important. Uh, because I don't write books about people I don't know. Yeah. So I knew Frank Rosenthal in Casino, the part played by Lefty Rosenthal, Le yeah. Le by Bob De Niro. And I knew Henry Hill, who was the part in Goodfellas. I mean, I lived with Henry Hill. Yeah, sure. He was in the witness program. He and I were going all, I had a bulletproof vest. I was going all over the country with him. And I would interview him and get him on tape. And then, so when I sit down to write his story, I hear his voice in my head, and I got the damn tape. So I just copy a lot of that stuff. Interesting. And I get, so it's his voice. It's like you're sitting in a room with the real guy. You're listening, you're copy and paste what he said. That's right. Now, a lot of times you ask, if you're doing what I do, you ask the same question 10 times. Uh -huh. And 
In this answer, he gives you that that's good. In this answer, you got another. And so you blend his best answers into that dialogue for that scene. And that's what happened with Emery. And, uh, and so you have two movies where the people I talk to are really telling you the truth. And, uh, and, and that's the only way I know how to do it. And in, in the casino, which I never really said you should be amused, I think you'll like this. Uh, in the casino, since Tony Spalaccio had been murdered by yeah. the time I started, uh, Frank Collada, the mob guy who was his number two, the part played by Frank Vincent yeah. in Casino, he was, he, uh, some FBI agent knew him and said, he'll talk to you since Rosenthal would not talk to me. Let's say the guy who became Bob De Niro. Yeah. And Pesci was dead, murdered. So I met with Collada and he knew everything. And so I got his voice. And he tells, them, so I got him on the set as a technical advisor since he was there. Now, there's this scene in Casino, you may remember, when Joe Pesci runs around this pool, swimming pool, and there's this guy who's been ripping them off for money, and he finally shoots him, and the guy goes in the pool. And... Yeah. Remember that? Now, I'm standing there with, they're shooting the movie, shooting that scene, and I'm standing there with Frank Collada, and Collada goes like this to me. He looks at me, he goes, no, no. I said, what's the matter? He says, no, that's not, that's not what happened. I said, what do you mean that's not what happened? He says, no, that's, that's not what happened. I said, what happened? How do you know what happened? He says, I was there. I did it. <laughs> he did the murder. Now, he had gotten, he had, because he testified against all these people, he got immunity for something like 11 murders. The FBI gave him. So he is now, he did the murder. So I say, Marty, that's not the way he says that way. I said, he did it. He did the murder. Yeah, come over here. So now we get Frank Collada between me and him. And Frank said, no, the way he did it. So Marty says, you do it. So Frank Collada takes the gun and he does that murder. If you look at the movie today, the man who commits the murder is the same guy who committed the murder in real life, Frank Collada. I mean, what movie in the world has the real murderer in a screen shooting the murder? That's Frank Collada. Is that, is, is, that like a, is that like a well-known like Easter egg in the film? Like a lot of people know about like like um, fantasy stories. You know what's happened is that I never said anything. Nobody knew about it for years. Yeah. But then Frank Collada mentioned it. Uh huh. So oh, I did that murder. Really did. And so it got out. So it's not unknown. Yeah. But, but it's not a lot of most people don't know it. Interesting. I think we'll leave it there. We have we have a half hour. What me? We have a half hour of recording. Good. Yeah. We did it.